What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, this is Michael A. Davis coming before you in the behalf of Harvest Time Christian Church under the leadership of Pastor Charles Tompkin. Well, we're thankful to be back once again on this wonderful Sunday morning that God has allowed us to get up once again. We just want to tell you all that's listening that we thank you so much for listening. We pray and hoping that you are sharing the word of God. On a special note, we just want to let everyone know that uh, if you want to send a gift, or if you just want to send an encouraging word, you know, we're about souls here. Uh, you can send it to P.O. Box 3248 West Memphis, Arkansas, zip code 72301-3248. Well, we thank you once again. Now, you know, let's get ready for the word. Amen. Amen. God's good. Amen. Amen. Thanking and praising God for another day. Thanking God for bringing me back safely. Amen. Thank the Lord for allowing me that opportunity. Amen. Thank God uh, to see you all again. Amen. Truly God is a wonderful God. And it is not just because of our circumstances and situations. He's wonderful anyway. Amen. 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 Let us pray. Father, we come right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we want to thank you for yet another day, God. Uh, thank you for your grace and mercy, God. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day, God, that you allowed us to see, God. Truly, it is a blessing, God, that you allowed us to get up this morning. Because some did not make it this morning, Father God. But yet, God, we found favor somehow that you allowed us to get up this morning, but not just to wake up, but to get up and to be able, God, to use the limbs of our body, to have a mind stayed on you, God, to come this Sunday morning, God, that you had created way back in the seven days you created all things, that we would be here today, God, giving you praise and worship, singing songs to you, God, and giving homage all to you, Father God, in the name of Jesus fellowshipping in your son Jesus Christ's name, in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, we pray much for the Jordan family, for their, we pray much for them, God, for the going away of their mother and grandmother and great-grandmother and friend, and we pray much for their, for those, God, that may be grieving and mourning at this time, God, but you declare weeping may, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning and morning does not actually mean morning in a day morning can be whenever your your morning is over that's your morning amen so I pray God that you would uh in endeavor to get into this God and give them the peace that they need and the joy that they need and to come to understand God that they she lived God a good life 
and she loved you. Now, we should be rejoicing. Hallelujah. Because another soul is going to be with the Father. We, take, we want to tell you, thank you, God. That God, that she's now been able to go home and to leave this cruel world. No more suffering, no more crying, no more aging, no more pain. And God, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you, God. We want to thank you, God, for allowing her to come to be with you in the name of Jesus. And you touch up and impress upon her family that she's with you, God, and they ought to be glad about it. This is a celebration time. Hallelujah. Now, time to be sad. We understand your mourning. We understand the pain, but it's a celebration time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father God, you look over this word, God, that you are using me to administer to your people. You feed them well, God. Let it stick to the ribs, as they say, something that sticks to the bone. Let it, God, marinate in them in the name of Jesus. You have your way with this, God. And you give them understanding, God. Wake up the people, God, in the name of Jesus. Wake them up, God, and let them focus clearly what this means to them, God, and what it means collectively. And your word will not come back void, God. We rebuke every spirit of confusion, every enemy, every devil that tries to come against this prayer and this word today. We have no place in this as Lord fills this room with your Holy Spirit and fill these temples in here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's go to John 8. John 8 and 31. When you get there, say amen. John 8 and 31. John 8 and 31. Can we have this mic turned on? Sister Davis, I've been moved by the Lord. Would you come right here? Bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. Amen. God was just speaking to me. I don't know why God wants you to do this, but John 8 and 31, I want you to start reading it. Verse 31. St. John 8 and 31. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Here, you can read mine. Here you go. Let me read John chapter 8, verse 31. Let me read. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Where do I stop? Keep going. Okay. Stop at 47. Okay. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. <laughs> I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which you have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I perceived forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my words. Ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Well, which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear, not, hear them not, because ye are not of God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So today we're talking about God's truth frees us. God's truth frees us. You know, a lot of folks in ministry, I'm talking about ministry, I don't know what the world, the world going to do what the world do. But the people of God, and like he said, these folks claim to be Abraham's seed, which they were Abraham's seed. They were, but there was a difference. I'm going to get to it. I understand why now God had me, had me to have you to read that. And you was reading, God spoke to me. But in this chapter, it's talking about Abraham's true descendants. Who is Abraham's true descendants? Those that do God's truth. Because only God's truth can free us. What does God's truth free us from? Everybody say it together. Huh? Huh? God's truth frees us from sin. So if we have if we had God's truth, we are free from sin. Is sin still prevalent in the world? Can we still sin? But we won't sin, uh, will not sin because of God's truth. Amen? Put it like this. As long as we keep God's truth, we will not sin. Amen? So as the scripture reads, then said Jesus to those, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. 
Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. He said it to, he was talking to the Jews that believed on him because there were some Jews that believed on him. Just like it today, there are some Christians that believe on him and there's some that don't believe on him. Well, how are you going to say that? Because they don't keep God's truth. Like the Sadducees and Pharisees, amen? And Jesus said to them, if you continue in my word, if you continue, that's conditional. That's conditional, if you continue. If you don't, there's a, there's a side to if you continue, and there's a side to if you don't, amen? I'm going to teach in here today whether y'all get it or not. I'm already teaching, thank you, Lord. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. If you continue in my truth, I can put truth right there where word is. Because his truth is his word. Amen, somebody. Are you with me? Don't let me lose you. Raise your hand if I do. And he goes on to say, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You're going to know the truth. You're not going to be without knowing the truth. When you get in that word of God, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal the truth to you. When you, got the, when you got the heart of Jesus Christ in you, when you got that hunger in you, there's no way God is not going to take his, his own responsibility and let you know what the truth is. There's no way. When you got that hunger for the truth. But they answered Jesus being in pride, in their pride, and their chest stuck out. In verse 33, we be of Abraham. See, we're talking about. And we've never been in bondage to any man. How say it thou, ye shall be made free? Huh? I ain't, got any, I ain't even got any of this yet, but I'm getting there. I'm going to break all that down. How is that? How you going to say that to us, Jesus? Jesus answered them. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. Are you with me? If you commit sin, you're a slave to sin. Amen. Servant, slave, same thing. And the servant abided not in the house forever, but the son abided ever. Amen. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So if Jesus has made you free from the bondage of sin, through the truth of God, you are free. You are not bound to sin anymore. You're free. So you need to be acting like you're free. I wish the whole church was here. I know that ye are Abraham's seed. Look at Jesus. I heard what you said. I know you're Abraham's seed. He said, I know that you, he said, I know that ye are Abraham's seed. Then he said, but ye seek to kill me because my word had no place in you. Now, what is Jesus saying? He's claiming, they're claiming to be the sons of Abraham. But Jesus saying, okay, I know that you are his, his seed. In verse 37, but the spiritual father is not your father. Yeah, you are, you are Abraham's natural seed, but your father, who is spiritual, which is God, is not your father. Because you heard who he said their father was. So that just throws that away, don't it? When people are sitting there talking about, 
trying to make themselves feel some kind of way. We all God's children. That ain't what the Bible say. Jesus just said that. Huh? And John and 1 John 3 and 9 and 10 tells you that some of you are the children of the devil. Why? Because you're not keeping God's truth. And God's truth will free us. If you ain't keeping God's truth, then you got to be bound to sin. Amen, somebody. Yeah, this ain't no shouting message. Now, I, I was moved with this message because I've been to so many different places. And even upon this past week, I was in a different church. And I'm looking at this, and God is speaking to me this morning about his truth. And I used to say this all the time. Now I can't say it no more. I used to say, I don't know no church that does not have Sunday school before the, the man of God gets up and preaches. Do you? But I do now. God allows me to see all kinds of things because he wants me to know his truth. And I used to say Sunday, and, and I, don't, I don't stop saying this because it is true. Sunday school comes before the man gives the message because I do believe that God inspired me by knowing that God wants us to know his truth versus man's truth. He wants us to know thus said the Lord versus thus said the man. That's what school does. It te- school is for teaching. Amen, somebody. And I'm not saying anything against this church, but I was kind of like, when I got up that morning, I said, what time is Sunday school? And they said, they don't have Sunday school. They don't have Sunday school. So now I can't say I don't know no church don't have Sunday school first. Because now I know. There, there is a church I know of that does not have Sunday school. But yet the church name is Teaching Ministry. Did you hear me, Sister David? The church is called Teaching Ministry. But you don't have Sunday school. So Jesus let them know that they are Abraham's physical seed. But he is not their spiritual father. Yeah, you Abraham see, but God is not your spiritual father. So he goes on to say, I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which you have seen with your father. He didn't say, I, I do that which is seen with my father, and you do that which is seen with my father. He said, no, your father. That was a mind for him and a yours for them. They're two different fathers. And they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, you go to children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But know ye seek to kill me. But now you seek to kill me. A man that had told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. So y'all ain't doing what Abraham was doing. And y'all claiming Abraham is your father, uh, Abraham's seed. We understand you are his, you are his uh, uh, a seed, but he's not your spiritual father. Yes, he's, you are the physical seed of Abraham. See, it's where people get confused. We were all born and created 
that God. So they think we all God's children. Well, I tell you what, if Adam hadn't sinned, we would all be God's children. Today. Amen, somebody. But that ain't what happened. You had procreation and pre-creation. So he sinned. And out of his loins, we came out like David said. In my mother's womb, I was shaped in iniquity. And you were born into sin. And that's the reason why 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 tells us I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So new means now you got, you was old, you, old things passed away. But when you was in those old things, your father was the devil. But then all things have passed away. All those devilish things in my life have passed away and I've become a new creature in Christ. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus and the cross. The veil was ripped. And now I come before you, God, personally. I'm in position now. Oh, we're going to have to get this. I'm kind of upset. Not with y'all. With the world. And with the people of God, because they keep playing with this thing. But I hope they learn something today. And keep what they learn today. But you seek to kill me, a man that had told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, They, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. You claiming God is your father. God, Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Why? Because Jesus said it plainly. You'll know my voice. Those that are of my father will know my voice. They don't know the voice. They can't even hear the voice. That's what he said. But they can hear the voice of their father. That's why they do the deeds they do. Because they can hear their father. Now you go and sleep that woman. You know you ain't married with that woman. But go and hit it, man. You know Okay, daddy. Y'all catch that? Huh? Huh? Then you go on and you, you have sex with a woman. You know you ain't married with that woman. Oh, no, the Lord says no, adultery is a sin. Uh, uh, a fornication is a sin. You catch that? They hear the voice of their father, and Jesus said they'll do his will. Huh? 44, you are of your father, the devil father of lies because Jesus is Jesus is telling them this ye are of your father the devil and the lust of your father ye will do he was a murderer from the beginning and abiding not in the truth he's a murderer from the beginning who he murdered who did he murder Abel he murdered Abel because he the one told Cain to do it you were a murderer from the beginning. He's proven himself. And abide not in the truth, 
because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh the lie, he speaketh of his own. He speaketh out of his character. He speaketh of who he is. For he is a liar. Didn't say he tell a lie. Say he's a liar, which means he lie all the time. Some folk may lie, but are they liars? Come on with me. Help me teach. For he is a liar and the father of it. He's the father of liars. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? Who, who, which one of you can say that you could convict me of sin? Which of you can convict me, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, of sin? You can't convict me of sin. Why? Because he don't sin in me. And he told, the Bible, he, told you, he told the devil in the Bible, there ain't none of you in me. We ought to be able to say, ain't none of you in me. And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? I tell you why you don't believe me. You don't believe me because he that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not because ye are not of God. That's why you can't hear me. Amen. You are the father of lies. And he told them that they were knowingly doing the works of the devil. They know the works they were doing. They were doing the works of their father, the devil. So I got to ask the question today. How many of us today can say because of the son of God that it is evident, you know what evidence means, right? Proof in our lives that we free. Because they weren't free. They were claiming freedom. Through Abraham, because they, they boasted and talking about, we talking about Jesus, we Abraham's seed. No, you are, you are Abraham's natural seed, but God is not your father. So you're going to do what your father tell you to do. And God's not your father, and he proved it to them. Whether they believe it or not, because you can prove stuff to folk and they still ain't going to believe it. Amen. So is it evident in our lives? Are we free? Are we free from the bonds of sin? Because if we're not following God's truth, we're not free. You can't be a little free, okay? Let me, let me clear that part up. Either you're free or you're a slave. Ain't no in between. Either you're doing the work and the words of your father, the, the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, are you doing the works of your other of the other one called the father of the children of the devil? I just want to talk to you today just a little bit from this text word of our Lord and Savior, not of Charles Thompson. Jesus here in these verses, he's identifying the true disciples in verses 31 through 36. And as those who believe in him and continue in his word, unlike the Jews in verses 37, 43, and 47, there is a difference. Just because all of y'all Jews, just because all of y'all Pharisees, and some of y'all Sadducees, and the Sadducees, you can just cancel them out, period. Okay? They just See, let's just cancel them out. We ain't got to deal with them. Let's just deal with the Pharisees. You can just cancel out the Sadducees. 
Well, why are you casting out the Sadducees, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Because Sadducees don't believe in the Holy Ghost. Sadducees don't believe in spirituality. So that means they really don't believe in God because he's a spirit. Somebody work with me. So we just cancel them on out and deal with the Pharisees. Okay? We ain't worried about what the Sadducees saying. They ain't talking about nothing. They don't even believe in the Holy Ghost. They don't believe in spirits. Amen? They, don't, they like some of these churches today. They, they Sadducees. Let's deal with the ones Jesus said he's going to deal with. I'm going to deal with them. As he said in verse 31, then Jesus said unto those, the Jews which believe on him. And this is what I'm saying to those, Jesus said today, that those that believe on me, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples. Indeed, you are my disciples. Indeed, there's no doubt about it. I'm fully persuaded who you are. And if you don't continue in my word. I'm fully persuaded who you are. Goes both ways. Amen? So Jesus says to the believing Jews, they will be free from sin. But hold on. By what? By the truth of God. But, somebody say but. But they will not be sinless. But blameless. There's a difference. Amen? They will not be sinless, but blameless, free from the power of sin, which means that sin would no longer have power over them. Not sinless, but blameless. What did he do? Uh, he got blood on him, Jesus. He got blood on him, Lord. That's Jesus right there. See, that's the blameless. Jesus looking down saying, he got, he got the blood on him, God. He's at the right hand. He's, he's, he's doing his lawyer duties. Huh? He's the best lawyer in the business. He's never lost a case. And I can fully persuade, fully say that he'll never lose a case. I like the way she said it. He can't lose a case. He'll never say can't. I can say it in this case. He'll never lose a case. Ever. But Jesus in this setting, see, Jesus is talking to a group of people. He's talking to a whole multitude of people who often followed him. And at this particular time, he is ministering at a particular place. And there is a woman who was taken by, that, that was taken, they saw, saw in the act of adultery. We all know about the lady that was committing adultery. They took her to Jesus and they threw her down on the ground. And Jesus, woman, she'd been in adultery. What you going to do about it? They weren't concerned about the woman. They weren't concerned about the truth. Huh? They weren't free because they weren't concerned about the truth. But Jesus gave them the truth. And what did the truth do? Did the truth free them? Or did the truth free the woman they brought in adultery? Huh? It freed them both. Wasn't a trick question. I'm going to tell you how it freed them both. And they brought their woman. They had brought their woman to him. And they threw her down at Jesus' feet. Not concerned about the woman. And her adultery. No, no. But they were more trying to trick Jesus, see, about what is true. Now, you with me? Just like some today, I ain't going to mention their names. I, I told myself, I stopped mentioning names. I ain't going to mention names of these preachers. There are preachers who are preaching the Old Testament law. We're not under the law. The truth of the matter is we're under grace. Let me help y'all out real quick. I ain't even part of it, but just came to me. Thank you, Jesus. The Old Testament was for the people. 
What people? The Jews, the Israelites. But today, grace is for the church. There is no nationality in the church. There's a difference. In the Old Testament, it was for the people. Today, it's for the church. And that's the reason why we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace, new covenant. You can't live under some of the law and not do the rest of the law. God knew we couldn't keep the law. That's God's truth. So what you mean we can kill folks now? No! Jesus fulfilled the law. You got to understand what it means to know that Jesus fulfilled the law. The law is for the lawless. Does it apply to you when you run the red light? A ticket? Yes! Because you broke the law. Y'all going to get that after a while. You'll get it after a while. So this woman, they're trying to trick Jesus. What they was doing, they was trying to trick Jesus between his teachings and the teachings of Moses. That's what they were doing, see? But we all know that Jesus' teaching is the truth of God. All of Moses' teaching, some of the things that Moses taught was Moses' truth. Can I prove it to you? Yes, I can. Thank you for asking. Moses gave a certificate of divorce. God never wanted it. He allowed it. But even today, God doesn't. God is against divorce. Are you with me? Is this true? But Jesus, he teaches God's truth in his fullness. Says nothing unless God tells him to say it. Does nothing unless God tells him to do it. Goes nowhere unless God tells him to go. But Moses had his own truth. See, it was his own truth when he smoked the rock twice. See, it wasn't God's truth. And not only did he smoke the rock twice, y'all missed a part of that. He went out there and he cussed the people out first. Oh, yeah, he cussed them all out. All the Israel, he cussed all the people that followed him in the wilderness. Cussed them out. Then smoked the rock twice. Read the story. I ain't lying to you. So here they are trying to trick him. They're trying to pit him against the teachings of Moses. Of the teachings of Moses, which are the teachings of forgiveness against the laws of Moses. And therefore, they're trying to bring Jesus into a direct conflict with the Jewish leaders. Amen? Because they're following the Mosaic law. So they bring her and throw her down at his feet and tell Jesus what Moses' law says. They even told her what Moses' law said. So right, they was trying to pit him against the law. What, 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 what do you say, Jesus? What's your truth against what Moses' law say? Uh-huh. That this woman taken in the act of adultery is to be stoned. That's Moses' law, man. She's going to be stoned to death, Jesus. But Jesus says to them, you see, you see what you got to understand about Jesus is because Jesus didn't react. See, that's also God's truth. The people of God, we're not supposed to react. Reacting takes you out of character. Reacting makes you lose, causes you to lose control. Jesus responded to them. How do you know he responded to them? Because the story, pay attention to the story. The Bible says Jesus knew what they were up to because he was always smarter than his accuser because he had the wisdom of his father, God in heaven, not the devil. 
God in heaven is all knowing who's greater wisdom. Jesus don't, the devil don't know everything. But he had the wisdom of his father. So when they brought her and threw her down at his feet, Jesus didn't even look up at them. See, that's how I know he didn't react. He didn't even look up at them. See, if somebody brought somebody and just threw them to your feet, you react. What's up with this? What you doing? Jesus, they threw it down to Jesus and he just. He didn't even look up. He's still looking down. He, he, he didn't even look up at them. He didn't even ask them why did they bring her to him. He didn't even ask. But Jesus just stooped down and began to write in the sand. And they, and they confused. That's what happens when you don't react. You confuse the devil. They said, see, God's truth is that we respond, not react. And so they, Jesus just sitting there. So they saying, good master, like you didn't hear him the first time. Come on, man, what's up? I'm just paraphrasing. Because Jesus just drew in the sand. He just drew down and started going on the ground. And see, we don't have no way of knowing what was written or what he was actually writing. But it had to, it had to be something powerful. Why do I say that? It had to be powerful and it had to have the ability to condemn them. Those who wanted to condemn the woman. Now, it could be that Jesus understood what if the woman was taken in adultery, adultery, what Jesus had to understand, probably understanding why he was drawn in the sand, is an act that is committed and performed by more than one person. So Jesus could have been thinking, I speak as a man. I don't know what Jesus was thinking. Where the man at? They brought the woman, but where the man? So he's sitting there, you know, he just pondering, he react. They want that, they want Jesus to punish this woman. But Jesus is going, where's the man? I'm, I'm thinking, where's the man? So Jesus was not reacting to them, he's responding. He took his time. So now Jesus is trying to understand, okay, you brought me this woman in adultery, and adultery is not an act that is performed by one person. And since the law declared that both parties, both parties were to be stoned. Jesus knew that some of the same guys that brought her, they probably didn't bring the guy because even some of them might have been sleeping with this woman. Uh. Maybe they've been with her too themselves at one time. So he continues to write on the ground and he could have wrote, where is the man? Where is the man? But after a while, he looked up and said, he decided to respond now, ye who is uh, without sin. You know, all y'all right here got stones in your hand. But I only want the one that has no sin to cast the first stone. Now, he could have been talking about adultery or some or uh, any sin, but if you are without sin, I, I ain't just talking about adultery, but if you're without sin, this woman was brought to me in adultery, but if I ain't talking about you in adultery, I'm talking about any of y'all standing around here that ain't got no sin without sin, period. Any of you that's not bound up and bound by sin and sin ruling you, y'all cast that first stone, because see, I know all y'all in sin because y'all ain't bring the man. Mm-hmm. 
So then one of y'all gonna have to be the first one to cast that stone because it gotta be one of y'all out of all y'all that brought the woman. But they all one by one, as the Bible says, dropped their stones and they walked away because they knew that they were not free themselves from sin. So what happened right there? Both both parties got free. First of all, they got they was they had uh, Jesus pronounced to them that you are bound with sin just like this woman. So they both learned something, and they got free from the situation. Because now they know they bound too. What they did about it, I don't know. But Jesus told the woman, who stands there with a stone to throw at you? And I prayed for you. And I ain't got one to throw at you. He said, go and sin no more. Huh? Because the sinners brought you to me who was sinning themselves. The hypocrites brought you. Amen. They wasn't even free themselves because they couldn't, so they couldn't even cast a stone. But if we, like verse 31 says, if we continue in his word, then are we his disciples. That's got to grasp you right there. We are his disciples indeed, he says. And we will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What is the truth? God's word. Jesus Christ is the truth. Ain't that what he said he was? He's the truth. He's the way. He's the life. Huh? Truth, the way, the life. Let's, let's just let's, let's give a couple seconds to that. Truth. There's no lying. Whatever he says is, is real. The way, if you don't go by his way, you're going to be lost in the way you're going. The life, if you don't have him, you're walking dead man. Okay, I'm done with that. But as he, he made the statement to the people, the church folks, See, there's church folks and there's saints. Their remark to Jesus' statement was a proud one. Wait a minute, Jesus. We be Abraham's seed. And we never been in bondage to anybody. Now, see, they, they, got, see, they reacted. They didn't respond. Because if they responded, they would remember and not made that statement. What would they remember? They forgot about the history in the book of Genesis where the sons of Jacob sold their half-brother into slavery. So when one is a slave, it simply means one is in bondage. Amen? To someone or something. Someone or something. You can be in bondage to lying. Everybody think bondage means I'm in bondage to these, these chemical drugs and things. But you can very well be in bondage to not liking folks. Come on with me, somebody. See, the enemy don't want you to think of things that seem to be simple. I said seem, because it ain't simple to God. And we ignore those things. But we don't want to ignore fornication, adultery, lying, stealing, killing, drugging out, hatred. We don't want to ignore those things. But we very well ignoring the very things of not forgiving somebody, not loving somebody, not treating our neighbor like Jesus told us to treat him, not treating our enemies the way Jesus told us to treat them. I'm trying to help you today. 
It's serious. Folks are planning stuff for tomorrow and they ain't making it. You better grasp this stuff. This is real. You say you're Jesus' disciple? He said he know it, that you are his disciples? How? By continuing in his word. Not taking a break. I had to take a break. Well, you, if you took a break, you in trouble. If you took a break from the truth, you in trouble. How you know that, Pastor? Because God said to the devil, what you doing, man? He said, man, I'm going to and fro on the earth. I'm busy. I ain't taking no break. I'm busy. So if you taking a break, guess who's busy? And you say it yourself. The devil's busy. Y'all hear it all the time, don't we? The devil's busy. Well, he ain't no busier than God because God is done being busy. He's through. The devil's only busy because he ain't completed. God is through. He has completed. We don't get this. Don't get this. Don't get this. We don't get this. But there's something about the human spirit. It doesn't matter how long you've been in bondage. Every once in a while, something inside of us cries out. I just want to quit smoking this pipe, man. This cocaine tear me up. It's weed, man. I got to put this down, man. I can't break it, man. This drinking, man, it's got me, man. This sexual sins got me, man. I just, I can't help myself. I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. But something on the inside of us, every now and then, amen, wants to cry out. Wants to be free. Amen? Every now and then, inside of us, something on the inside cries out. It's our soul, in case you didn't know. Our soul cries out. I want to be free from this cussing. I want to be free from this smoking, smoking these cigarettes. Man, I'm tired of these cigarettes, man. I'm tired of this weed, man. I'm tired of this alcohol. But yet, I got to leave this stuff alone. I declare I do. Man, I got to leave this stuff alone. I'm telling you the truth. Woo, it's getting the best of me. Woo, child, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You got, woo, I got to leave this alone. These cigarettes is killing me. Woo, love. Can't hardly breathe sometimes. Woo. Something cries out. I want to be free. But you have to understand what Jesus said in verse 34. Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. And you got a lot of people who have habits that they are bound to. And every once in a while, they think about being free. But they just don't have the power to kick it. The habit. They can't kick that habit. But even in your weak state, there's something in you that is crying out. You want to be white. Well, you know what that thing is in you? It's the truth of God speaking to you, trying to free you if you would just obey. It's the truth of God. Can you hear? Let me in. You're trying to get free, but you got to open the door. 
He's knocking at the door of your heart. It's the word of God. He's not going to break in. He got a key and he ain't going to use it. He wants you to open the door. When you open the door, it's your will to do. And that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to be your will to do. Because you got a desire. But it's your will you will follow. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I want to be free. You need to serve notice on the devil if you want to be free. Because he's the only one who brings things into your life that belittle your life. And Jesus warns us in John 10 and 10 that the thief cometh. See, I tell you all the time, read the word. And you won't be confused about things in life. Anything that's going on in this day and time, anything going on in your life, my life, anybody's life is in this battle. It's in this battle. Jesus warns us that the thief cometh. But to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he said, I have come that you, that you may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That means he wants you to have the best life there is. He wants you to have a life far, be, far beyond your own imagination, far behind whatever you can think. He wants you to have an abundant life. You ain't hear what I'm saying. He said, I don't want to steal anything from you. Don't want to kill you. I don't want to destroy you. So when you make up your mind that you're choosing freedom, freedom is Jesus Christ. When you make up your mind, Jesus said, when you make up your mind, not nobody make it up for you because can't nobody make it up for you. You got to make up your own mind. Folks can lead you in a certain way and you may follow for a little while. But the reason why you don't keep following because you ain't made up your mind. And the only way you're going to be with Jesus, you got to have a made up mind. And a fixed heart. It's the only way. God said, I want to bring, bring you the abundance of life. I don't want you to die. I don't want to steal nothing from you. But you got to make up your mind to choose freedom. Freedom is Jesus Christ. And then you got to begin to say you're free. The devil will have something else to say about it when you say you're free. Don't you think he's going to quit right there because you decided to join the, the ranks of God? Oh, he in the ranks of God. I ain't going to bother him no more. There are people to tell folks that. That's a, that's a lie for the pits of hell. That's a lie. When you make up your mind to choose freedom, the devil begins to work on you even more. He's going to have something to say about your freedom. He's going to have something to say about it. And he will send his army after you because he wants you back. Yeah, who sang that song? Michael Jackson wants you back? I want, yeah, he's going to come. He wants you back. Oh, yes, he wants you back. Whenever you make up in your mind that I'm going to be free, get ready for a fight. Why do you think he tells you to put on your armor? Put on the whole armor of God because now you're really going in a battle. He's coming for you. And the truth of God will be your protection. The truth of God will free you from the fight. You don't hear what I'm saying. 
When you make up your mind that you're going to be free, you better get ready for a fight because the enemy is not going to let you go easily. He's not. Was it not Dr. King who said himself, freedom is never voluntarily given? Did they voluntarily free the slaves 400 so many years ago? Freedom is not voluntarily given by the oppressor. They don't want to give you up. So it must be taken by the oppressed. You got to take your freedom. So if the devil is oppressing you and he has laid upon you habits that you're not able to break, And when you declare that I'm free, you better get ready for a fight. Because the problem is that a lot of folk come to church, come to the temple of God, and they hear the word of God, the sermons, they feeling all mushy and they feeling all excited. And let me just say that they feeling all emotional. It just covers all of it, amen. And they say, I'm going to get in the prayer line because it's about to come. to the altar. I'm going to join the church. But you only want a magical overnight cure. I done went up in front of the church and gave my life to Christ. Let the magic begin. Let the money fall from the trees. It's growing on. Money don't grow on trees. So guess what? The magic ain't going to begin. You got to let, that's when it begins. You got to let, once you get up here and you give your life to the Lord, you got to let after that. Let what? Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. You got to let this freedom get in you, God's word, God's truth get in you so you can stay free. Because it ain't no such thing as a magical overnight cure. Because when you're really trying to get loose from the forces of evil, you need to get ready for a spiritual warfare. The devil ain't going to let you go easily. No, he's not. See, what you don't understand is he ain't even fighting you. He ain't fighting you. He's trying to fight God through you. He's using you as a pawn. He's trying to fight God through you. It's through your flesh that you commit your sins. It ain't even your fight. You didn't kick him out of heaven. You didn't create man and then looked at man as your precious, most precious creation. So he's coming against it. Amen. So you better get ready for spiritual warfare. And now some of you may be saying, well, why, why, why the pastor always having us pray? He prays so much. Why he have us to fast? Why we got to fast? Why we have to read the scripture, y'all? He always sending us scriptures to study. He gives us. Well, I'm glad you asked. Because I don't do it because I want to do it. 
I want you to know that when you're involved in spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare don't take place like natural warfare. When you're involved in spiritual warfare, you got to get in the spirit and fight it. For the Bible said you got you to worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. So you got to get in spirit to fight the spirit. It ain't me that hates you or you that hate me. It's the spirit in the individual. Are you with me? It's a spiritual warfare. I don't care how physical this building looks, these chairs look, these pews look, this podium look. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual war. And it's a spiritual warfare. Amen? And you got to get in the spirit, not the natural. Because, you know, we are always fighting against each other. And usually when you fight against one another, let me say armies. When armies fight against one another, you would usually try to predict that the army with the most weapons and the most people is bound to win. Mm-hmm. When you look at a basketball game, they got five people playing. It takes five people to get out on the basketball court. There's no bench. The other team got five people playing and ten or more folks on the bench. And you thinking those folks on the bench, the ten on the bench and the five on the, on the court, and they only got five on the court and nobody on the bench. The ones with ones on the bench, they're going to win the game. Why? Because they got folks to come in and relieve them. These folks going to get tired fast. Don't always happen like that. They'll fire with nobody on the bench and win the game. Are you with me? The fight is not against each other. And just because you got more folks don't mean you're going to win either. But I'm here to tell you, when you get in this fight, the spiritual fight, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Who is ours? The people of God. We don't fight carnal wars with carnal things. We fight carnal wars with spiritual things. Are you with me? They're not carnal. We don't use guns and bullets and bombs and knives. But you got to get into the spiritual realm. And in the spiritual realm, it's prayer and fasting. If, <laughs> it's prayer and fasting. It was mentioned this morning in Sunday school, there's power in prayer. We don't even understand the power of prayer. There is power in prayer. Whew. He told us in the book of Luke that he gives us power, and not only power, but the authority to use the power. We have the authority to use the power. What power? God's power. God's truth. What did Jesus use? He used the truth of God. Eat, man. You know, you hungry. Oh, man, don't live by God's word, by, 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 by bread, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He used God's words to fight a physical, the physicalness of what the devil was trying to get him to do. And since Jesus has never changed, the same Jesus in you got to fight the same way. Amen? Amen, somebody. If you don't believe it, you can just ask Jesus. In the 17th chapter of Matthew, round about the 15th to the 21st verse, there was a man with a son who was a lunatic. And the man brought his son to the disciples of the Lord, but they could not cast the devil out of this man. But when Jesus came down from the mountain, you already know he was going up in the mountain. 
He came down from that mountain with power. He said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus cast the devil out of that man. And the disciples later on said, while right, they pondered amongst each other, Master, our teacher, why could we not do that? He said, because of your unbelief. And secondly, because this kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. Now, if you want power to defeat the demon in your life, that will keep you enslaved to the chemicals and substance and people, you are going to have to fast and pray. And then you're going to have to have a steady, a steady diet of God's word. You notice I said a steady diet of God's word because you don't have no problem having a steady diet of natural food. You have no problem? Who of y'all ain't going to eat? Raise your hand if you ain't going to eat for another month. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. You have to have a steady diet. You're going to eat today, probably tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. That's a steady diet of natural food for your natural body. So you need a steady diet for your spiritual body. Amen? To keep it strong. You eat. If you don't eat, you get weak in your body. Amen, somebody? What you think your spirit's doing when you don't feed it? Getting weak. When you don't feed it the truth of God. There are people even in this, this church because they don't feed their spiritual body all the time. They don't know the truth of God and they falter all the time. Believing that which is natural is the truth, but it's not lie. You don't hear what I'm saying. Stuck on believing what you heard a long time ago. But I've come to realize in this house, God has changed the game. And he's given you the truth of the matter. Are you hearing me? We've been going off a lot of things. A lot of years. But yet, it was not the truth. Stuff started breaking down. There was a time when women, when they came to church, their dresses had to be mops and brooms, didn't they? What I mean by that is they had to sweep the floor. There was a time you could come up here with that color in your hair. It was a time you couldn't come up here with that lipstick on and that makeup. But the truth of God freed people from that. There was a time where they wouldn't even watch TV because they said it was a hell of vision. But in a place I was in, I taught them the truth of God. I said, you got to know how to get the hell out of the vision. If you got a problem in your flesh, you ain't got no, you ain't got no business watching Baywatch. Change the channel. That's how you get the hell out of the vision. TV don't pop up on what your flesh is, is weak on. You do that. And if everything on there is, is contrary to God, you got power to turn it off. Oh, it's just a TV guy. Amen. That's the only way you're going to be free and be strong enough. And I just want to say, if you are serious about being free, and you must be serious if you want to be free, can't play with it. 
want you to cross it out in your mind. If you're serious now, you're going to have to cross this out in your mind. If you're really serious, this is going to cross out. What is this? I'm trying to tell you. You got to cross it out. If you think because you go to church once a week on Sunday mornings, I've done my duty. Well, I'm here to tell you it's not about doing your duty. It's about being free. It's about fighting a war. That's why you come back to some churches if it's not about collecting money. I believe a lot. I believe this. You believe what you want to believe. A lot of times these churches have second and third services about money. A lot of times they have revivals because it ain't a revival. God told me a long time ago it's not a revival, son. It's a fundraiser. Because you need to study the word revival. Then you'll know what God was talking about. <laughs> if you study the word revival, you'll get it. It means to be revived. But if you're still doing the same thing after a week of revival, it's a fundraiser. And more than the majority of folks in there are still doing the same thing after the revival. So it's a fundraiser. I know God don't lie to me. If you're really serious, I see. That's why you need to be in your Bible study. See, I don't send you scriptures to read. I send you scriptures to study. I send you scriptures to study because Bible study technically should be should be held in your home. Amen? By the priest of the house. If there's no priest, then you the priest. I hope you got that. You need to be in Sunday school. I didn't tell y'all to be in Sunday school because I just wanted to see all y'all up in here and say hi to y'all. I told you this because we're in the end times and you need to know God and get a real relationship with him. And the only way you're going to know God is you got to learn God. And where you going to learn God? When you don't even pick the Bible up at home. The truth of God is going to be taught and preached up in this house. And that's where you're going to learn it from every Sunday morning. And even when you're not at church, you should be in the Word. And not just in the Word, you need to be on your knees. People are playing too much. In God's house, we in the end times, and the plan should be over, and we're still playing in God's house, and it's time to be real. It's been time, but the only reason I can say it's time to be real right now, because now is all we got. Can't bring the past back, it's over. You need not only to be in Sunday school or be in Sunday service, but you need to be in the word of God in your own home. And you need to be on your own knees in your own home. You need to be at your own altar in your own home. Because why? You got a battle that you got to fight. And Paul in Ephesians said that your battle is not with flesh and blood. But your fight and your fighting principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. 
You know what Paul was really saying? You know what Paul was giving us when he said that? He was giving us the ranks of the devil. See, he, Paul was doing, he was giving us the ranks of the devil's kingdom. And he was telling us that the first line of defense of the devil is principalities. And when you get through that, you haven't broken through nothing but the privates, the buck privates in the army. That's all you broke through when you broke through principalities. And when you fight principalities, so now you got to come on a little bit further in your fight. Amen. And then there comes, you have to fight the rulers of the darkness of this world. Amen. Amen. Then, after you fight with the rulers in the darkness of this world, then you got to move up. Amen. And we're fighting principalities, then powers, then the rulers of the darkness of, now all you're going through is the, all, now all you're doing now is just breaking through. Amen. These are the devil's ranks. Stay with me. Then, we got to, last but not least, we have to break through the, the line of defense, which is spiritual wickedness in high places. And when we go through that, now we've done the thing that David did in 2 Samuel 5 and 17. And on down through the, through the passages of those scriptures, see, it was when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king of Israel. They came up looking for David. But David was down in the stronghold. Y'all know what the stronghold is. Y'all know what the stronghold is. Getting himself ready. He's down in the stronghold. He knew they was coming. David down in the stronghold. Y'all know what the stronghold is? I'm going to show you what the stronghold is. They were down in the stronghold, praying, fasting, getting ready for the fight. See, the fight come on us. We ain't ready. That's why we get beat down. And got beat down, and now we somewhere going, Lord, I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. I'm... See, you got to be ready. David was down in the stronghold. David was getting ready for the fight. And they were camped out in the valley of Riffin. I ain't pronouncing that right. But when David came, he got his army together. And he saw the Philistines from one side of the valley to the other side. And you would have thought he would have sent one army to hit this side and the other army to hit that side. But that ain't what David did. What he did, he broke right through the middle and said, look at what God has done. He went straight through the middle. He said, look at what God has done. He made us to break through the middle just like floating water. We just flooded right through the middle. Going wherever we wanted to go. God broke through the enemy's defense. And he called the place Baal-Pizim, which means Lord of the breakthrough. In other words, when God gives you power, you don't have to crack up. When God gives you power, you don't have to crack up. David didn't crack up. What did David do? We said it this morning. David did what? He went to the Lord. You making the wrong phone call. 
you're going in the wrong place. David went to the stronghold, D. David went before God. Why? Because all power was in God. If I ever wanted to get some help from somebody, to whoop somebody, I go to the one I know ain't going to never lose the fight. I'm going to go get somebody I know ain't never lost the fight and never will lose a fight. I'm going to stick him on you. I ain't sure about, about Bruce. Bruce might get to the fight and say, ah, I ain't know he was that big. The one I'm going to go to, he don't care how big he is. He going to take him down. He going to take him down. I'm going to go with my chest stuck out. And I'm going to be standing right behind him. What's up? Yeah. What you want to do now? I'm well confident. I'm confident. I'm well protected. <laughs> I ain't going to crack up. I'm not going to break down. Because I know he'll give me a breakthrough. And I know somebody that's listening today, or even in here today, you need a breakthrough. You need a breakthrough. Yes, I'm going to fight with everything that God gives me. Yes, I know I'm not fighting man, but I'm fighting principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual weaknesses in high places. So since I have a job to do, and since I have a war to fight, I'm going to put all of my helmets on of salvation. I'm going to put all of my armor on to fight this fight. I say this all the time because it's funny to me. Heard a woman wake up. Y'all heard this before. I woke up this morning. I put my armor on. The devil beat you down all night while you slept. When you put your armor on, you got to keep it on. When you get up and give your life to God and you got to put your armor on, and then you got to let that mind be in you and put your armor on, you have something to fight with. Amen, somebody. He'll come to you in your dreams. You need your armor on when you sleep. You got to put on the whole armor of salvation. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to put my breastplate on of righteousness. Have my lawns girded about with truth. I'm going to have my feet sharp with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I've got a sword in my hand. And the sword is the word of God. And it cuts coming and going. Both ways. I've got a shield that I can fight off the attack of the enemy. Because if I've got to fight, I'm determined to be free. I ain't fighting to lose. Somebody ought to say, I'm tired of being bound. I'm tired of the enemy having me chained up. I've got to be free. I can't serve God unless I'm free. You can't. you got to be free to serve him. I want to be blessed. But I won't be blessed unless I'm free. I want to have joy. I won't have joy unless I'm free. Let me say in my conclusion, 
Now, some people listening and some people right here in this house, before you walk out that door, God is telling you that if you got faith enough to be concerned about your freedom, then have faith enough not to care about what people have to say about you. And if you have faith enough to be a little late for what you got on your mind right now, what you going to eat when you leave here this evening, God said, if you want to be free, he said, I'm ready to meet you at the altar. Wherever your altar may be, he's ready to meet you. You ought to have an altar at home. But if you're ready to meet him, he said, I'll meet you at the altar and set you free. Because you don't have to be bound by sin. You don't have to be bound by lying tongues. You don't have to be bound by adultery or fornication or homosexuality or lying or stealing or killing or murder. Because you can murder folks with your own tongue. You ain't got to stick a knife in them or shoot them. You can put a word on them. That you make, he called, he told you in the word, you can murder them with your tongue. Today you can be free. And indeed, you will be free in Jesus Christ. Amen? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.